Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dot listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Alexandrotti and Dr. Daniel Rockers post Thanksgiving, and I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We each were discussing how wonderful our gathering was, and we wish everyone a very good post Thanksgiving feeling and emotions and everything. And today we are going to talk about emotions. And the first part, we are going to talk about what emotions do we have? What are the major emotions? And also, um, what are the other emotions? They're not just a few. Actually, there are so many other emotions that we can talk about. The major ones that uh, we were just discussing about are sadness, happiness, anger, fear being discussed. And um, what was the other one, Dr. Rockers? I'm not sure. My list is a little different than what your list is. I had the surprised and I also had happy. All right, right. Surprised is another one. Yeah. So these are the six ones under a huge list that we go through and we talk about. So um, the general idea is to first talk about uh, emotions. um, And then uh, when we come back from the first break, we talk about what it means to be emotional. And at the end, we talk about how do we label our emotions and how do we control our emotions and how do we really deal with our emotions in an appropriate appropriate way. So welcome, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade again to the show. This is actually your show, but I still, because I'm the first speaker, I always want to welcome you. So let's talk about emotions. What are they? How do we feel? Should we have a conversation about the description of uh, what it means to be sad, to be happy, to be angry, to be fearful, to be surprised or to be discussed? I feel like that's where it always starts when we're talking with patients, at least like how are you feeling? And you get usually a one word answer. I'm okay. Um, I I do not any longer ask that question. How are you or how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Or, well, actually, it's not true because sometimes I do ask, but I put the requirement. You may not use the word good or fine because mm-hmm. I oh, want people to fun. think about it a little bit. Because fine and good—that's those are throwaway terms, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Very. How do, you, how do you how do you teach people to label their emotions? Then I find a lot of times people struggle with really not only experiencing emotion, letting alone I don't want to say correctly labeling it. I don't think there's a wrong way to label our emotions, but I think it's being able to be comfortable enough or familiar enough with, you know, emotions and, you know, the five, six that we mentioned, being able to recognize that within themselves and how they're having that experience. Well, I think it's an important to first acknowledge that there are what we call negative emotions, which are the more difficult feeling things and positive emotions. But I kind of go lightly on negative versus positive, because I don't think that I, I don't like the possible suggestion that some emotions are bad and some emotions are good. They're all feeling states that we have. But when I'm helping in answer to your question, when I'm helping somebody to label, learn how to label their emotions, I say, well, first, probably the first distinction you want to make, is it more on the positive side or is it on the negative side? Or is it a feeling good emotion versus a feeling bad emotion? And then from there can keep splitting into finer gradations. That's how I like to go about it. But I want to emphasize there are good emotions. Mm -hmm. That's a critical, I think it's just such a critical piece in terms of our own development. Yeah. So for example, uh, being eager, being um, energetic, um, being excited, all of those are positive emotions. So Basically, when I look at the general list of emotions, there are many that are not positive emotions, and there are few that are positive. So, for example, if you go through the list, um, um, most of the emotions that are listed, they're negative. There are only very few 
um, as I go through the list, um, I just wonder how come we have so many negative emotions? What is it that um, we have named for all these negative emotions and we have only a few positive? Um, is it not existed and not labeled or is it just very few emotions that are positive? Is that a trick question like or a test question, Saida? Uh, no, like, is there I'm a right just... answer here? There no, is a right answer. Listen. Daniel knows it. Tell me the right answer. I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I like to know your idea or what do you think? I mean, is it because human being uh, in life has more challenges? Uh, yeah. What is it? Or, or, or however we feel, it's, um, it's more negative feelings. Or, I mean, emotions. I think, I think we say, go ahead, pay Daniel. more attention to when we feel bad than when we feel good. Think about when we're, if we're feeling sick and we got a stomach ache, we that really stands out to us. But if we don't have stomach ache and our other body parts and we all feel pretty good, we don't really think much about it. We just say, oh, this is normal. It's mm-hmm. when something really stands out. And then when something good happens, I don't think we focus quite as much on wow, I feel really happy now. We Mm -hmm. don't focus as much on that. We focus on the discomfort part Mm -hmm. a little bit more. No, that is true. Like, for example, we, how many times we hear somebody says, I'm really satisfied. I'm really content. You know what I mean? It's like a few times that you, you hear that from, well, especially in our profession, people who come to us, if they're satisfied, if they're content, if they're happy, Usually they don't come to see us to say, hey, I'm here. I'm very happy and content and satisfied. You know, that's why time, we hear all this. A lot of times people are afraid to say they feel good or satisfied or content. And they will say, well, I don't really want to say anything because something bad might make something bad happen. Mm, that's true. That is true. And the other thing I was thinking as I was asking the question myself even if you go back to your back, back history of growing up, you always remember things that were hitting you in a negative way, and you don't forget that. And then for the most part, I was just thinking, why do we have these negative events as highlights of our life, and we forget about all these other good things? And then this is my own uh, conclusion of my own question. I finally came up with this myself that the reason is because we things should be normal as we, you know, go through the days. And then all of a sudden something negative happens, which is not the norm. And that's why we remember those. Like, for example, an accident, somebody jumped jumped on you, um, you know, somebody was sick in the hospital. You remember that from your childhood, and those are your highlights, maybe because life should have been, uh, you know, straightforward, normal, soft, and and things that uh, daily you were experiencing, and all of a sudden something happens, and then you remember that and goes to your long-term memory and in your remote memory, you remember. Yeah, I kind of think along the same lines, like good feelings, we, we generalize good feelings as you mentioned earlier, the norm or the standard. So I think we don't really, we just kind of clump them all together versus kind of uh, spacing them out in unique categories. So a lot of times people will be like, well, I'm happy. And so a lot of times I'll talk with people about What's it mean to be good? What's it mean to be content? What's it mean to feel satisfied? Um, it's usually just under the blanket term of, oh, I'm happy or, you know, things are good right now. And it's like, yeah, there can be kind of subcategories of that. Even the idea of, okay, it's like being content, being okay. Um, yeah. It's not that you're happy. It's not that you're sad, but you're just feeling kind of all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So um, have you had any um, client ever to come to you and say, I feel worthless. Does anybody use that negative, um, you know, word as someone who comes with all these other issues, but says, I feel worthless. Frequently. I Mm -hmm. find that frequently. Sure. 
Hmm. And do, do they name it? Do they label this? Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty easy to, to land That's, on that one. Hmm. I find as they're describing, you know, their maybe depression or their views of themselves, mm -hmm. uh, they can start to express things like feeling worthless, uh, feeling like they don't have value or contribute. And so, yeah, it kind of swirls around those ideas of having low value, low, low, low meaning in life. Part of the process, too, is identifying, helping people to identify what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you asked that question, I answered pretty fast, but sometimes they will get close to that, but not get that. And I will launch that as one of different possible feelings. That's the style of therapy that I do. It's like, well, is it kind of like this or is it something like that? Put that out, lay that out on the table to see if that's something that fits. Mm -hmm. But I also explain, I say, you know, my job here is to help you explore. It's I'm not telling you these things, but to help you explore these things. So it's a little more of a permissive approach than a direct approach. What about you guys? I mean, how... What's your mode? One of the one of the things I encourage, kind of like you were saying with the negative positive earlier, that we experience these things, these emotions for a reason, and there can be good things about them and not so good things about them. So trying to look at both sides of those, like anger, for example, that can be a healthy emotion to express. But if we're yelling and throwing things and fighting with people, that can be maybe unhealthy in that way. So trying to see the emotion existing in of itself, not as good or bad or right or wrong, but it's telling us something. Sometimes we're angry because we were hurt or we were offended. So there can be some message that comes with the meaning. And we need to kind of look at that, acknowledge it, and try to kind of explore and sift through it in that way. I find a lot of times people... Although we can be really good at naming those negative emotions, we don't like to experience them. We try to distance ourselves from them almost immediately to the point sometimes too, where people don't experience those negative emotions. And I've even seen people become almost numb to positive emotions. And I, I often remind people, we can't just shut ourselves off from the negative emotions. It doesn't work that way. We end up shutting ourselves off from all emotions. And so it's important to acknowledge you know, even those difficult emotions. And, and sometimes it's even just introducing the labels to the emotions that you see people really struggle with. And I mean, people who are very rational, logical, even very intelligent. Yet, if you say, what's sadness mean for you? And they're like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't even like to think about it. Or that just feels too uncomfortable. You'll mm -hmm. see them shut down. It's, it's, it's amazing how a lot of times people struggle to even you know, allow themselves to identify it, let alone feel it. Why do you think that is? Like, I have an answer. I have an idea. I've, I'm going to do a side day where I have the answer already. But Ask me a question and then <laughs> answer the it. And then I'll agree right. with you. I'll and agree with you. If I keep talking, I might even just answer the question myself. <laughs> I'm going to log off and then I'll log back on. Let me know how I <laughs> Sorry, Sorry day. I'm throwing you under the bus. I don't mean no, it. No. No, actually, you know, while you guys were talking about this, I was uh, starting listing the positive and I came up with 18 positive emotions, wow. which is quite a good number. At first, I thought we don't have that many, but I went through the list and I realized, you know, and then now my question is amazed could be positive and negative, right? <laughs> <laughs> so how do we know seriously <laughs> there's one that could fit in both when you're amazed you can be negatively amazed or you could be positively amazed, how would you, amazed, feel amazed? Yeah, I, you can be amazed at how idiotic something is or how yeah. catastrophic it is yeah so you know sometimes something negative happens you go i was amazed that this person says that or i was amazed <laughs> that this happened. but generally speaking amazed uh, could be in the positive list but anyway 18 um words or 18 emotions being positive now i want to go through the list that we sometimes forget because immediately when we were talking about emotions all of a sudden all these negative emotions came to my mind well let's actually let's take a quick break and so that way we can come back and oh, go through that okay. very thoroughly so that way everybody very can good. be ready yes. 
to and prepared to experience all those 18 positive emotions. All right, great. Thank you, Dr. Andrade. All right, so Shermandegan Aziz Radio Bomdad, I get Toza Radio Tono Boskard in Basedoy Moras Radio Bomdad Mishnavin, Morusoy Shambu, Yekshambe, Asata Davosato Yekabadazur, Dar Radio Bomdad. صحبت های روانشناسی می کنیم با دکتر اندرادی و دکتر راکرز و اگر پادکست های ما رو بخواین گوش بدین میتونین ما رو سرچ کنین در آیتون گوگل یا در سپاریفای و میتونین روی تایتل هایی که دوست دارین صدای ما رو در ساعت های مناسب بشنوین ما اگر تا کنون رادیاتون باز نبود و نشنیدین ما راجع به چی صحبت میکردیم ما در مورد عواطف و عواطف مثبت و منفی تا کنون صحبت کردیم یک بریک کوتاه میدیم و برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم اگه کسانی هستن در منزل که فکر میکنین از صحبتهای ما میتونن به زبان انگلیسی استفاده کنن خواهش میکنم ازشون دعوت کنین روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر به رادیو بامداد در برنامه Culture and Psychology که دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندراده هم با من سعیده ملک افزالی هستیم صحبت میکنیم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم خواهش میکنم با ما باشید We are back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and we um, talked about different types of emotions. Uh, the first part of our conversation, we have positive and negative emotions. If you just turn on your radio and you listen to us as uh, we talk about different types of emotions, the first part as our introduction, we talked about uh, how we label our emotions, how negatively usually we generalize some of our emotions, uh, how we actually see emotions as just negative. And we were just ending our conversation at uh, how many positive emotions are listed, how many negative uh, emotions are listed. And actually I came up with 19. Um, at the break, I realized there is one more. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go- growing. that's great. Yeah, it's growing. Um, I'm going through the list. And if you guys think there is anything missing, you can tell me. So what I have in the list is not alphabetical. My list, uh, it's motivated, satisfied, content, okay, excited, energetic, determined, comfortable, eager, hopeful, joy, loving, restful, proud, relieved, self-conscious, peaceful, amazed that we said could be both negative and positive, independence. 
And that's what I have. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to it. So we have 19 positive emotions, and it might be more that we are missing here. So maybe secured can be added to this, and then we can have 20. <laughs> because I saw insecured, then I thought, okay, secured should be a, on the other list. So right now, I listed 20 positive, and then let's count the negative. So actually, I didn't um, write down the negatives, but the negative ones are amazed, could be in both angry, annoyed, uh, anxious, uh, and anxious could be positive and negative. Sometimes we're anxious over something um, positive, ashamed, bitter, bored, confused, depressed, disdain, um, embarrassed, uh, envious. Is envious negative or positive? It could be both. Good. Yeah, could be both. I think it's generally pretty negative. Yeah, I want are. what. Yeah, has. yeah, exactly. Good, yeah. That's why I thought. It. Yeah, and then foolish. Frustrated, furious, grieving, hurt, insecure. Um, oh, I forgot about inspired and positive. So now 21, inspired. <laughs> the list is growing. Uh, irritated, jealous, lonely, lost, miserable, nervous, overwhelmed, sad, scared, shocked silly, stupid, suspicious, tense, terrified, trapped, uncomfortable, worried, and worthless. So here we go through the list. And as you guys can continue talking, I can count how many negative I just, list, <laughs> I just talked about. I think it's helpful to distinguish kind of uh, negative and positive for people who are struggling to identify emotions at all. And recognizing too that, you know, what about those emotions are negative? Like, for example, silly. I think silly can be a very positive emotion. I think it can be a very healthy thing to be silly, like playful almost, where some people will fear that emotion because it's like, well, people aren't taking me serious or, um, you know, I need to, you know, not be, you know, silly. That's immature. That's childish. And so I think we could all have different experiences of these emotions based on our kind of our upbringing or life experiences we've had, um, even just messages that we get about emotions and of themselves. And so uh, it reminds me of a client that I used to have. Uh, I remember they were just sharing how that even in expressing any emotion, um, it would get kind of frowned upon. I think it, that gender had a piece to play in it too. Uh, I remember they mentioned sharing with their, 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 their father that they wanted to be able to express emotions with, uh, between the two of them more. And, you know, the father responded kind of harshly in a way of like, Oh, you know, are you, you know, gay? Are you homosexual? And it was just like, because this person wanted to express emotion that was viewed so negatively. So this person struggled to almost identify with any emotion, even positive emotions in that way. Which kind of makes sense. I mean, that would, for a client, if they're criticized for checking in with their feelings, would probably begin to try to, I don't, I'm not feeling that and not yeah. work, not work to understand or what those feelings are. And so you know, thinking, thinking about the distinction, when we're making these distinctions of emotion, it's trying to check in on what is the nuance, the flavored nuance of these. And do, what do you think when people begin to taste wine? Oh, so many different words for that. And I'm wondering if there are more negative words for wine. And we, you could do beer or whiskey, too, or whatever. Any of those types of things it could be anything, really flavors. But uh, wine seems to stand out because people use all these different subtle nuances like notes of blackberry or nutmeg or whatever in there. And there are words for spoiled wine or not good wine, but it's interesting. I wonder if there are more words for um, desirable flavors than not. But it's a kind of, I, to me, it's kind of a similar thing. The importance being you have to practice to be able to discern those subtleties. It's the same with wine as with emotions. You have to practice tasting or checking in on 
to get all those subtleties of, of flavors. Hmm. Very interesting comparison. Absolutely. Um, so while you guys were talking, I was counting the negativity list. <laughs> it is 39. 39. So 39 in the list that are negative as opposed to 21 positive. Double. Now, almost, yes, almost double. And before even counting, if you remember, I started with saying we have a few positive and then many negatives, but um, it's not just a few. It's uh, basically, and I'm sure if we dig into the words, we can find more of both. But in general, there are more negative emotions. And how do we, as you said, how do we settle with emotions? And um, how do we basically label our emotions? Because as we talked about, for example, there are a couple that could fall into either or. I'm amazed. I am um, anxious. It could be both. But I was just thinking when we label, are we just thinking of um the negative feelings, the negative effect of whatever has happened that we are labeling, or are we in a bad mood that has caused that? I mean, there are so many layers because sometimes we can be amazed of someone who did something negative and we were sort of shocked, we were amazed, but I'm looking at it in two different ways. I'm amazed that I just today learned that, for example, this can happen to someone and talks about it this way, or I can negatively describe that. I mean, there are two ways to looking at any emotions. And I think we are basically in our profession, we are the ones who dig into asking questions and realizing what brought you to this, to this emotion. You know, what went into your mind at that time? Because I remember during the time I was working with patients in anger management, and it was just a year full of classes with people in anger management. And one of the questions always was, what went to your mind at the time you became out of control? You became angry. You became irritated that you did this. And every single time we talked about it, to me, it was something very silly. You know, it was just like nothing. You could have talked about it. You could have described it. You could have explained yourself. But all of a sudden, you go out of range. Uh, you go out of control just because something went into your mind that you explained that situation. I was thinking similarly, too, along those lines. You know, do the labels that we use... Are we using these labels to accurately define our experience or is it those words that we commonly use end up shaping our experience? And I think anger is a great example of that. If we're walking around with anger and frustration kind of on the, on the forefront of our mind, every little thing is going to annoy us because we can look for the frustration in any everyday kind of bland situation. But if instead we're really being open to what's happening in front of us, and we're aware of a range of emotions, or at least, you know, aware of that anger is something I go to, we don't maybe have to just kind of react in that way. And I, mm -hmm. I'm thinking kind of big picture too. I think, you know, emotions, I always think of emotions as one of the three pillars of our experience, if you will, there's our emotions, our thoughts and our behaviors kind of from a CBT perspective. And it's one of those things where there's a narrative that we're living and we're telling ourselves sometimes and if we struggle in one area, such as labeling our emotions, or if we're just going with the negative emotions that we've talked about today, things are probably not going to look so good and probably not feel so good. And the story of our life becomes, we have hardship, everything, nothing works out for me, everything's bad. And so it can be one of those things where we end up feeling as though this is our life and this is the world in that way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, I want to bring us back to uh, what it means to be emotional and how do we label that emotions? Because in general, we often 
as we started our conversation before the show started on why do people say I became emotional and I cried. So being emotional always is a label for crying, for showing anger, or I went out of control. But just so far, we've been talking about emotion as positive, negative, how do we describe it? How do we understand it? But how come this has become a sort of common that we hear from people that I became emotional and I started crying? Why do we do that? What, what, where does this come from? Why do we often hear that without realizing that there are so many other ways that we can describe our emotions, not just by crying and getting angry? I think, Dr. Rockers, you started this. Oh, I, it's my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. I think no. I'm, I think I'm <laughs> feeling angry and resentful and confused. You're being and emotional. All of that. <laughs> being emotional, exactly. I've become emotional. Right. Well, I, uh, I maybe I did start this. I don't know. But my question is this. Is that thing the same in other cultures? Like the cultures known for emotionality, like what's... I think it's a stereotype, but Italian culture is very expressive and or some of the European cultures more expressive and more emotional. Do, would they have the same question mm. or is the emotions not even, does it not even show up as a therapeutic issue in those cultures? Very interesting because I know um, as you all, I'm sure have studied um in Asian culture, emotions are usually not shown. So culture has a big impact on how we understand emotions, how we show them. Um, you know, Alex, you talked about uh, being silly. Is It could be funny, it could be good. Like, for example, when I think of Persian culture, um, you know, being knowledgeable, being in control, um, being wise is always valued, right? So someone who is um, silly, maybe people laugh, but it's not so much um, as value as, you know, when someone is in control, when someone is wise. So as emotion, you know, emotions, exactly like what you said, Dan, at the beginning of our show, or maybe before the show, they usually talk about emotions as, I became emotional and I started crying. So emotions in common a language that we use is more for crying or for I went out of control. I, I did this. So it's the same here. Um, but I, I feel like they're more in control of your emotions, not as much as what we have studied or seen in Asian culture, but not as much excitement as you see in Italian culture, but I would say somewhere in between. But basically, um, you know, in Persian culture, people um, try to be more in control of their emotions, you know. Um, so I guess even in American culture, usually you see that someone who has gone through a lot of a stress, they usually don't come and, and show their stress or talk about it. But basically, I'm sure culture has a big influence in emotions. And then also um, genetic, you know, some people are more genetically in control of their emotions. Some people are less emotions. Um, and I think last time we shared that in my um, family, my dad showed more emotions than my mom. But in general, when you think, oh, women show more emotions, men usually held their emotions. Uh, you know, I remember when I was leaving Iran to come to United States, I was a high school kid and I was all happy. I didn't know where I'm going, what's going to happen. I was just excited. I'm coming to America. I didn't know where is America or what's going to happen to me. But I remember my mom was very strong, very uh, held back in, in, in her emotions. But my dad started crying when I was leaving. You know, I don't know what went on to his mind that, oh, I'm leaving my daughter to go all the way. And I don't know what's going to happen to her. 
But, um, you know, people show emotions differently, you know, men, women, different cultures. I think, you know, it's a lot of different ways um, and different cultural things involved. I think it's an important distinction to make, too. Like emotions are kind of temporary experiences where like temperament is kind of the more kind of longstanding kind of quality of a person. So like you said, your dad, you know, expressing emotion more often, that's kind of his temperament uh, where that's kind of how he is. And I think there's an important distinction between those two, because yeah, a person may be more emotionally expressive um, while we all experience sadness. We all experience anger, um, but how we express that can vary. Yeah. So we got to another break. We come back and continue our conversation. Um, شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من به همراه دو تن از دوستان و همکارانم دکتر الکساندرادی و دکتر دنیل راکرز امروز در خدمتتون هستیم و در مورد احساسات و عواطف صحبت میکنیم عواطف زیادی در انسان وجود داره که شش تاش عواطف اصلی هستن ولی بقیهش عواطف جانبی هستن که بعض وقتا ما به صلاح لیبل هایی که درست باشه و اونها نمیزنیم ولی ما قسمت اول و دوم برنامه راجب تمام این لیبل هایی که تا کنون ما واقعا به یادمون اومد راجبشون صحبت کردیم مطمئنم که کلمات دیگری هم هستن که این عواطف رو ابراز میکنن و نشون میدن اینطوری که من شمردم توی لیستی که داشتم حدود 39 عاطفه مثبت هستش منفی هستش ببخشید و 21 کلمه ای که نشون دهنده عواطف منفی به حساب میاد ما پادکست های زیادی در رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی داریم اگر کسانی هستن که فکر میکنین از برنامه های ما تحت عنوان کالچر اند سایکولوژی استفاده میکنن خواهش میکنم دعوت کنین ازشون از طریق اسپاتیفای آیتون و گوگل ما رو سرچ کنن و بتونن با در وقت کافی و زمان مناسب تحت عنوان های مختلفی که ما داریم برنامه ما رو بهش گوش بدن برمیگردیم قسمت پایانی برنامه رو ادامه میدیم We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati. The first two part of our conversation was uh, talking generally about uh, what kind of emotions do we have. We have we listed about 38 negative emotions and about 21 positive emotions. We also talked about uh, in um, you know in our mind when we talk about emotions, we usually talk about um, becoming emotional and crying. We also, uh, ex in uh, extensive conversation, we talked about what it means 
to be emotional and um, also different cultures, how they take emotions. And this part, we are going to talk about how do we control our emotions? How do we uh, appropriately show some of the good or bad emotions? And is there such a thing as appropriate emotions? So Dr. Andrade, you mentioned something that um, it was interesting. You said it's our temperament and temperament is something that comes with us. Because as far as I remember, um, there are so many psychologists who talk about emotions um, and also temperaments. And one of the things um, I remember from different actually psychologists is temperament is something that comes with you. So with that, probably explanation and description or understanding of emotions would be different as well. Yes. So with our, our emotions, I mean, we, we all experience, you know, sadness, happiness, uh, obviously it probably looks different for everybody in that way, but our temperament is kind of thinking of somebody as like a calm person or more outgoing person. Um, people tend to exist within a range of kind of how they behave and respond. And so it's, it's the, I think of a temperament as like, if you were to say, oh yeah, this is how Daniel is, or this is how Saide is that, that cluster of kind of images and, and ways that they are, as far as how they will even respond, that's kind of their temperament. And so it might be like Dan's easygoing and playful kind of thing, where if you were to say, oh yeah, Dan was really angry. That's like, okay, well, that's outside of maybe his, his temperament in that way. And that must be that emotion kind of, you know, superseding um, kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the norm, if you will, as far as, and again, we all experience emotions. And so we can all in different times in different ways, you know, experience sadness, anger, happiness, etc. Yes, absolutely. So um, is there such thing as controlling emotions? Or, or, I mean, is it healthy to control emotions? Or is it better to talk about it? Is it better to show our emotions. So I see Dr. Rockers wants to say something with his nodding. It seems like, yes, you agree, or no, you don't agree. I'm just trying to have the emotion of agreeableness here. <laughs> Is that an emotion? Can we call that an well, Actually, agreeableness was Oh, so now go. it's 22, agreeable. All right, uh, making it happen here. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think, it is very important to make the distinction of, I don't think it's a good idea to control emotions so much. Sometimes it is maybe good to control emotion if we're overwhelmed with emotion, but generally what we want to do is control our behaviors. Let the emotions come up, but have control over your behaviors. For a lot of people, they have grown, maybe have grown up in an abusive environment and will equate the emotion of anger with damage, that it is synonymous to the same. And they're not. It's the behaviors or expressions of anger that damage. It's not just having the emotion of anger coming up in and of itself. Mm -hmm. so I think that's an important distinction. How, how do you control your behaviors? That's yeah. the key. That's it's huge. Control. Okay. I always say the same thing too. You know, emotion, anger is an okay emotion to have. How we express it can get us into trouble. And so when we go yes. walk around with anger, we can say we're angry even. Uh, but then if we're raising our voice, if we're throwing things, if we're pushing people, that can be a problem. So showing the facial expression is okay. Like, because you can't, you're not an actor or actress to actually act differently. But when you're angry, obviously you're not smiling. If you are sad, obviously you're not smiling. So you basically, your facial expression shows you're angry, you're sad, but your behavior or your words as part of your behavior has to be controlled. What about people who are nervous laughers? Hmm. Well, that is um, something that I sometimes used to do. I was not laughing, but uh, well, maybe I was just showing happiness and talking, you know, I guess as part of being shy and you're fighting your shyness. So you start, you know, sort of talking and smiling and laughing and saying a story 
to break that shyness and to be, um, you know, involved in the conversation. Because I remember when I was younger, way younger, I was always feeling shy and sort of, um, you know, uncomfortable when I came to a group and by talking and laughing and joking and, and, you know, just doing something, um, I was just breaking that shyness in me. I don't know about nervous laughter, but I can imagine that could be something like what I have experienced in me. Well, I think it speaks to also the idea that these emotions are going to come out one way or another. And sometimes if we don't acknowledge them, they can come out ways we don't want to. So if we're not acknowledging that we're nervous, then we might start to display nervous laughter, which can some people may uh, experience that laughter is like you mocking them or laughing at them in that way versus it being nervous. So uh, it, it reminds me of the question people will ask me sometimes, is it even important that I acknowledge and express my emotions? Like what's the value or the benefit of that? And it's like, well, you know, they, they're going to bleed out one way or another. Um, if not only we have to experience them, you know, uh, others are going to take it a certain way sometimes. And so that's why I, I find a lot of people, especially I have a lot of men who come to therapy with the idea, I need to better handle my emotions because it's creating problems in my relationships. I guess uh, I said something at the, between our conversations regarding um, what goes on in your mind at the time of something bothering you, something make you angry. Uh, what is it that happened at that time? Because basically what you hear may not be the intention of what the person said, you know? So it is important for people who want to control how they behave during the emotional um, part um, of um, an event or happening in them the most important part is to understand whether this conversation that made me angry, was it real or am I making this up in my head that so-and-so who is saying this has a specific purpose? Or let's say even that's true. What does it mean? Does it mean it's real? Does it mean, you know, it's something that is coming from a person out of whatever, you know, maybe uh, jealousy, maybe envy, maybe whatever goes on in that person's mind, that doesn't mean we have to interpret it so negatively and react to it. I know it's not easy, but I'm just saying working um, with, um, you know, people that they needed to manage their anger for quite a while, you know, when we really got to the depth of it, it was what they were thinking about what the person said. But when we broke it down into pieces and, and said, okay, this person said this, does this person really have a relation with you, relationship with you that knows everything about you, for example? And a lot of times was just a stranger said something. It wasn't someone who knew you, had a purpose, but then on the street, somebody said something and then all of a sudden you became angry, you started having a fight and then you put yourself into trouble. You know, all of that happened just because something went into your mind that this person said this and it meant that. But we don't know if it really meant that or not, you know. So we, we were talking about this and it was really interesting because many times when we really talked about this, even between a mother or daughter that ended up with calling 911, somebody got hurt. But then when you really broke down those events and conversations and everything, it wasn't really something meaningful or something that was purposeful. It was what went to your mind. Yeah, I think the, a lot of times there's connections that are drawn um, that aren't always fully there. And a lot of times there's something under those emotions. I always say with anger, I, I kind of jokingly say, you know, it's one of my favorite emotions because there's usually something underneath it. And like you said, it's people either being hurt, uh, you know, interpreting something in a way where they're offended or bothered by it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so it's, it's just, it's, if you, if you just look at that emotion of itself, we may be missing a lot that's underneath there in that way. And then uh, again, as Daniel was saying too, people start to, you know, behavior becomes synonymous with emotions. And so all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, their, their behavior is justified because they're experiencing that emotion. And it's like, no, that emotion of itself may not be wrong, but again, how do we want to express that emotion? How do we want to manage that emotion so that it doesn't start to control us, that our behaviors don't start to dictate what's happening in our life because we're not able to refrain from, you know, just lashing out, if you will. We got to the end of our um, show and we're going to have a very short break and we come back to finalize our last statements regarding our conversation today, which is about emotions. How do we label them? What it means to be emotional? And the last part, controlling our emotions. <laughs> I would like to leave listeners today with the idea of, you know, emotions kind of serve a function. They're there for a reason. Uh, we're not robots. We have them. It's important to kind of recognize that they're telling us something, maybe something good, maybe something not so good, but use them as information. Reflect and in saying, what does this mean for me? How does this impact me? Uh, you know, what does this feel like so that I don't just feel like I'm at the mercy of my emotions, being able to say what's behind this for me? What does this remind me of? Uh, kind of what is this, what state or what place does this emotion put me? And sometimes as we're able to uh, ask those questions, we can start to be a little bit more kind, more compassionate with ourselves for feeling what we feel in those ways. Okay, Dr. Rockers. I go next. I'll go next. I'm, how am I feeling right now? Let's see. Um, I guess, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the <laughs> great example there. Great example. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, can, you can get by Dr. Rock. Yeah. You can't get away with that one. We yeah. have been talking about emotions and you. Uh, people uh, with okay. their- yeah. I feel fine. Oh, okay. How about that? No, it does not work. <laughs> that is not okay. Good and fine are not acceptable answers. Right, right. You know, it's interesting question, though. When we come up to the ending part of the show, I always want to be able to say something clever. So I think I feel a little bit of little bit of pressure, but it's kind of a uh, fun and playful pressure. Oh. That I have. So we can oh. put pressure into a positive uh, column there. So yeah. The thing I would say is this. If you want to make progress on things like handling your behavioral response to anger or dealing with your anger emotion, you should focus on very small steps. And when you can make a small, very small gain, even one time with the expression or behavioral expression of anger, that's a great success. That's very big. It's incredibly challenging to be able to get control over ways of angrily expressing things so little by little that is the real emphasis there it's quite an achievement it's quite an accomplishment to overcome anger mm-hmm. yes and i you know as we were talking about emotions and all these conversations we had today i was going through my life you know and i was just thinking there were moments when I was younger, like in high school, that you were embarrassed to show your emotions, you know, like, for example, if you wanted to uh, cry, you were embarrassed and you were holding back. If you wanted to, you know, laugh really hard on something, you were embarrassed to laugh because you were thinking, you know, maybe other people can take it negatively. So there's so many things uh, as we grow up. And as you said, Dr. Rockers, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a step-by-step that you recognize your emotions. You realize where you are with emotions. And today I want to invite our listeners to question, question their beliefs and practices in their culture. Why do we not show emotions in this part? Why men are not supposed to show emotions? Why if a man 
um, for example, wants to show emotions and cry, why doesn't feel that it's okay to do that and, and doesn't feel like this is a sign of weakness and it shouldn't have happened? Oh my gosh, you know, I showed weakness in front of people. I mean, we should start really having a conversation about these kind of beliefs, practices, and, um, and just see why do we prevent ourselves from showing some of the emotions because it's culture, because, you know, it doesn't look good, because I'm not showing a strength. So with that, I want to thank my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade for another good conversations. I always learn from uh, having conversations with um, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and I want to thank them and have um, uh, another topic for next week, maybe as we come up with something at the time and meet um, and again, have a conversation about uh, culture or psychology. So with that, I wish everyone um, have a great Saturday. We come back tomorrow and we have another conversation regarding um, another issue or events. Um, and so with that, have a wonderful Saturday night. سرد درخت یادگاری نبشتی با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سر تو را از من جدا
رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا